Hello and greetings to you, my beloved brothers and sisters. Of course, it's your brother Chide Jacob. And here this morning with excitement in my spirit to share with you today's episode of our ongoing fellowship with the world. It's amazing 2022 is coming to an end. And we said by the Spirit of God, from the first service of this year, that this was a year of settlement. And blessed be the name of the Lord for the testimonies that has followed. Don't forget, if it's of God, is our experience. Both in ministry, we are coming to a place, and both in our personal lives. I thank God for those who have reached out to share with me what the Lord has done in them and through them this year and honestly sincerely yes it this has been settlement in many front for many of us now i want to share continue with the discourse where we stopped uh yesterday don't forget one thing that is obvious and i'm going to show you now an example of that in the scripture is that for you and i to fully grasp experience and manifest the fullness of god we have to come out from where we have been. We have to come out from our experience. We have to come out from our culture, our tradition, our religion, or any other mindset that has limited us. We have to come out from there and get into the realm of the spirit where the father is. That means in the depth of our spirit where we are one with him. We are perfect. We are perfect. We are holy we are righteous. We have been sanctified. We have been made glorious. He has blessed us with every kind of blessing. Deep down in that realm, nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. He has made us whole as he is. So we are. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, when what you are hearing is our father, is a trumpet calling you out of where you have been to where you need to be is the voice of our heavenly father calling us out waking us up let me give you let me say something to you now that probably will let you understand how important this is and amazingly when you think if you have followed this journey i made it clear from the beginning that we are in a journey now, what I find out is that one of the things religion does to people is that they get used to coming to church, sit down every Sunday, hear the sermon, go back home, move on with their lives and stuff like that. No, so maybe many did not hear, but I said it over and over that we are on a journey that daddy himself is taking us to a journey and everything has been one step at a time, one light at a time, one clarity at a time. Let me Just think about this. Before now, we read the Bible and we concluded that everybody, when we are born here, we are born as sinners or we are born, we become sinners just by birth. That's what we believed, right? Because why? That's what we were told. And guess what? So we try to interpret the scripture to fit into that because we have been put into a box. Into the box of once you are born here, your mother conceived you in sin, so you are a sinner, you know, um, you know, so you are brought forth in sin, you know, all those stuff. So now every child, uh, you know, we are all sinners uh, waiting to be redeemed. But the same people forget that when a child dies before innocence, we say the child has gone to heaven. 
nobody admits that a little baby who dies goes to hell. Everybody agrees that the little child went to heaven. If the little child went to heaven, that means they were never sinners, if we believe. And now, this can be easy to see now and see how conflicted those teachings were, right? Because we have come out of where we used to be. If you remain inside, you cannot see it. That's what we thought over the years. So we now have to interpret the Bible to fit what we have been taught. But that's an error. It's not error just because I'm saying it's error. It's, it's an error because even the other side of what we believe contradicted. You say that we are born in sin. Your mother conceived. You are a sinner. You are born a sinner. But when that child dies, you say the child has gone to heaven. How can a sinner go to heaven? Right? So the truth is that no, no, nobody is born a sinner. However, we are born to where sin reigns and then we are raised up in the knowledge of good and evil that makes us sinners. We are born children of God. We are born pure. That is why if a child dies, we believe the child went, went back to heaven. That's what we believe. We believe the child simply went back to where they came from. So everybody is born a son of God. Now, it is our environment, right? Because the earth is falling, that starts to condition us. In fact, reduce our value from God to man. Reduce our value from divinity to humanity. And we begin to, sons of God now live like sons of Adam, Right? And what did Jesus come to do to take us back to that, our origin? Think about it, how when God gives us the blessing of a child, we celebrate the child as a blessing. Then after all, we say it's a sin. That means sin came from God. That's, that's what that teaching meant. It meant that sin came from God. It meant that what God gave to us is a sinner. Then we now start to say, okay, at what time, at what age, you know, if this child does not accept Christ at this age, at that age, we are a sinner. No, we make them sinners. How do we make them sinners? Because we bring them up under the knowledge of good and evil. Don't forget, good and evil is the source of sin. That's what made man sin. That's what made man sin. Man is not a sinner because he's a sinner. Man is a sinner because first, man became sin. And now that he's sin, everything he does is sinful. Don't forget, the Bible will tell you that that even the highest of your righteousness is like 50 rags before God. Don't forget about that. So, now, so understand, why, why did I bring this up? Think about all the years where we made children sinners. We condemned them. We called them sinners because of an error that we didn't go back to think. We didn't go back to look at it. We just accepted it. And then we interpreted the whole Bible to fit into that. Now, that's what we must avoid in this journey that God has brought you and I. We must come out, out of those pits out of those limitations, back to our origin so that we can see very clearly. Now, I'm going to ask a question this morning. And this is the question I want you to ponder over. If you really want to follow through, go back and think. Go back and research your scriptures. I'm going to ask a question. Try to find the answer. Because this question is very fundamental to what we are doing and to this transitioning. As I have announced over and over, I'm transitioning from this level of ministry to another level of ministry. In fact, I want to focus more of my time building an online community so that all of us can fellowship together 
um, you know, at once um, in those given uh, days, while we still retain, scale down and retain some kingdom centers or fellowship centers as you might call them. Now, now understand this very well. This is the question I want to ask. Just think about this. Did Jesus come here to reveal himself as a God that we must worship or we need to worship? Listen to me carefully. It's a question. Did Jesus come here to present himself as a God or a deity that we must worship? Or was Jesus God who came as a son to reveal to us who we are so that so that, that revelation, through that revelation, we can regain our identity as sons of God and then worship our Father? Because every worship supposed to be to our Father. It's a simple question, but when you answer it correctly, then it will help put your mind where we ought to go, all the transitions, all the adjustments that needs to be made. Again, I ask you the question. Now, I'm not saying you should answer it now. Think, meditate, go back and read the Gospels. Use these holidays, research, read the Gospels. When we say gospel, we're talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read those gospel accounts. Those things gave us gave us eyewitness account of what Jesus said and all that he did. Check between those places. Whether you see any place where Jesus sat on a chair or sat on a throne and asked his disciples to worship him and said, the way to go is that you must worship me. You must do this. You must do that. Go and check that. Or was he trying to tell everybody, I am your brother, God is my father, and God is also your father. Or he was showing us examples of how to relate with the father. Because he, as Jesus, the son, the man, was also praying to the father. Think about that, beloved brothers and sisters. That's what I want you to consider. And now, let me go back and read the scripture I've been talking about, Matthew chapter 17. And the reason I'm going to read this scripture now, I will give you an example of how even we, we are also interpreting from a box. We got to come out from the box. And if you have followed my teachings for a while, you will know I make a lot of reference to this scripture. Matthew chapter number 17. That's the one they call the Mount of Transfiguration. Verse 1. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and two brothers, Jacob and John, and hiked up a high mountain to be alone. Then Jesus' appearance was dramatically altered. A radiant light as bright as the sun poured from his face, and his clothing became luminescent, dazzling like lightning. He was transfigured before their very eyes. They saw the fullness of his glory, before their very eyes. Now, listen to me carefully. This was not a vision. This was something they saw. Their physical eyes saw this happen. And now, guess what happened? Then, then the Bible says here, then uh, Moses and Elijah appeared and they spoke with Jesus. Now, so imagine you seeing that. Imagine you seeing that as a man. Imagine you seeing that. Imagine you being in a church service and something glorious like that happened. What will you think you want to do? You want to preserve that experience. You want to preserve that building. You want to decorate that building in a special way, right? You want to, in fact, that particular place, that thing happened. You will turn it to an altar of worship, right? 
Because that's what man does. When man sees something that is spectacular, they want to preserve that and keep it without knowing that that thing is supposed to reveal something to them. Don't forget, when Apostle Paul uh, and his, his, uh, his uh, co-worker went to a city, when people saw the miracles they performed, what did they do? They wanted to make them gods. They said, hey, this is Zeus and some other person come to us in human form. And, they, you know, in fact, they wanted to grab them by force to make them gods. They brought a bull to sacrifice to them. They brought flowers to put on it so that they can start to worship Apostle Paul. I'm sure today a lot of preachers will accept that. I'm sure today they will tell you they are the ones God is using. You know, how did we get here, friends? Right? How did we get here? Right? Okay, think about that. And when Apostle Paul saw it, he tore his clothes. He was so angry. He was deaf. He was so angrily mad. He tore his clothes. He told them, look, we are just like you. We are human beings. Just that God is walking in us and through us. Of course, you know what happened. It offended them and they threw them out of the city. So think about that. When a man sees a spectacular experience, they want to preserve it. They want to hold on to it. But by holding on to it, we lose the movement. The movement stops. Everything stops. Think about it, beloved. A lot of movements have been established in the church. Think about it now. All of them rises and falls. All of them rises and falls. All of them rises and fall. This is the time that man is coming to understanding of what all those things means that he is a son of God. So guess what happened? Peter said, Lord, it is so wonderful that we all are here together. So if you want, I will construct three shrines. The other translation calls it tabernacle. Three shrines. What do you do with shrine? Shrine is where you worship, right? When Peter saw this, he wanted to make three shrines. One for Moses, one for you, he said, Lord. So Jesus, you, we make one shrine for you. Then we make another shrine for Moses. Then we make another shrine for Elijah so that we can. What, what do you do with shrine? It's worship. That's where you go to worship. And that's why the TPT, the version I'm reading here, translated as shrine. Shrine is a place you go to worship. And that's what's happening today. Now, but this is what I want to explain. Did you remember that we read this scripture many times, right? But let me finish it, then I will come back. Notice what happened. But while Peter was still speaking, a bright radiant cloud spread over them, enveloping them all. The power of God was manifested. And God's voice suddenly spoke from the cloud, saying, This is my dearly loved son, the constant focus of my delight. Listen to him. Listen to him. Notice that. Listen to him. He didn't say, okay, don't make one shrine for Elijah. Don't make for Moses, but make for Jesus. God never said that. But what we did, what we did based on the box we were operating is that we rejected Moses' shrine. We rejected the shrine of Elijah, but we built a shrine for Jesus. That's what we did. We built a shrine for Jesus. That's what we have done so far. We built a shrine for Jesus. But read your Bible carefully. God didn't say, okay, no, no, no. Don't build for a 
Moses, don't build for Elijah, but build for Jesus. He said, no, you don't need to build strength. You only need to listen to him. This is my message to you. Oh God, don't think about shrine. Think about light. Think about message that will change your life. That's what he was telling them. And don't forget, Jesus also told that woman, a time will come when the worship of the Father will no longer be on a mountain, Jesus said. Peter was trying to make another shrine on another mountain. Imagine if Peter had, had made that shrine there. Think about it. Today, the whole world will be going there to go and worship. The whole world will be going there. They say, this is the shrine that Peter made. God said, no, 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 no. We have gone beyond shrines now. We have gone beyond shrines. We are going to what happens inside of you. And what is it that's going to change what happens inside of you? The message that you receive. And this is my beloved son. He's my message to you. Listen to him. That's what God said. Listen to him. He didn't say, don't, okay, well, no, no, Peter, you are wrong. But all the time we interpreted the scripture, we canceled Moses, we canceled Elijah, but we now made a shrine for Jesus. God said, no, Jesus himself said, a time is coming when the worship of the Father will no longer be about a right place, about experience or mountains or temples. It will be about what is going on where in your heart. Don't forget, because that is what transforms a man. Hallelujah. Now, the three disciples were dazed and terrified by this phenomenon and they fell face down to the ground as if in a place of worship but jesus walked over and touched them saying get up and stop being afraid hallelujah and when they finally opened their eyes and looked around they saw no one else but who jesus what did they see what they saw is the message of god the language of a son what they saw elijah gone moses gone no shrines no temples no tabernacle what they saw standing is the message of god the beloved son of god hallelujah and let me show you what happened as they all hacked down the mountain together jesus ordered them not advice, not encourage. Jesus gave them order. O-R-D-E-R. -E In case you don't know what order I'm talking about. Jesus gave them an order. Not instruct, not direction, not suggestion. He gave them order. What was the order he gave to them? Don't tell anyone of the divine appearance you just witnessed. Wait until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Jesus warned them, don't tell anybody if because if they told them they were going to go make a shrine out of it. Did you know why many times Jesus would perform a miracle and he would disappear from the midst? He was avoiding them, crowning him king. He was avoiding them, turning him an object of worship. You got to understand this, beloved brothers and sisters, that Jesus, okay, I'm not going to answer the question, but I have laid something for you. Go back and think. 
Our worship is to the Father. Jesus came to show us who we are, that we can be just like him, pray just like him, walk just like him, take his identity, he in us, we in him. We are one in the Father. Don't forget, it's one Father. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Beloved, open your heart. God is bringing you out of limitations. God is breaking every chain remaining off your hand and your feet so that your heart is open to embrace the fullness of who you are so that you go towards manifestation. Hallelujah. I'm excited to see what you are becoming and what we are becoming and the glorious experience that are with us as we accept the message of our Messiah as we accept the message that the Son of God came to give to us. Amen and amen. Okay, if you think about the question from your answers, if you want to let me know, that's fine. But think about that because that will give you a light as where we go from here. Amen and amen. All right, help me again spread this message as much as you can. Don't forget, this is my message this is your message. God is calling you and I as messengers, as teachers, and as prophets of God to the nations, prophets of reconciliation, messengers of reconciliation, teachers of reconciliation that will reconcile all men back to our Father. Don't forget what the scriptures say that God himself was in Christ doing what? Reconciling the world back to himself. Christ Jesus Christ, the Son, is the entry point that we get back to our Father. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And don't forget this morning you have been served. Shalom. <music>